Good morning. We've talked the whole night through. Good morning. Good morning to you. Uh. G'day, thanks once again for getting our preview podcast of Rose Hill Coolmore Classic Day. Vince Accardi from Daily Sexuals, 9.35am, information correct as we speak. Yes, Ralphie, isn't it fantastic? Man, am I looking forward to today's meeting. Well, look, how good is it to know that we, we haven't had to worry about looking at track conditions or anything like that. We're just expecting it to be fast, nice warm day in Sydney and let's go put the mouth guard in. Yeah, exactly. All right. Uh, emphasize, please get your race speed profiles out, your final edition. And uh, this part, we're just talking business. We've talked about the uh, the various talents of the uh, of the runners in the main races. Uh, starting off with the midway, Vince, it's low to moderate. Well, normally you're just completely low. Have you got any thoughts there? Because the market certainly hasn't got a firm opinion to race one. Well, you know, I don't want to get lost midways at Sydney. Yep. <laughs> Sorry, yep, Rob. Somewhere there. <laughs> yeah, okay. Uh, no. No, no, <laughs> uh, no, no is the answer straight out. Nice and simple. Please yourself if uh, if you want to play, use those uh, race speed profiles for your most advantage. If you do want to have a, have a bit of a play, Prince Invincible, Oxford Tycoon, Miss Kojiki, and Astero. Uh, second race on the program here. The, we uh, two year olds having the, having their last opportunity to get into the uh, Golden Slipper. The uh, favourite for the race is Mahaba. From uh, introducing, is there anything in the data that uh, inspires you to have a bit of a play? Well, Shin- Shinzo Mahaba, they're runners that look like they're going to do something. They haven't really taken that next step Next step in my view like I expected. So that that's one of the reasons why I've marked the race low. But what I do want to just note, and this is purely speculatively only, I felt that the trial from Gosford from number 11 – was like really, really good, Ralphie, and it's a, a pretty good price. So it's something you can definitely tie into if you're doing in Quinella's exactors, trifectas. But that's the sort of horse that wouldn't surprise me if it won. Gusto Sissimo, twenty dollar range. So uh, that that's in there. Um, uh, Mahaba let down well up the straight at Flemington, but what you're saying is there just wasn't enough overall in the data to say let let's go. You'd rather wait and learn a bit more today. Yeah, and it's not. It's just I don't want to launch in and put my money there because there's so many other places to play, park the money. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, only a small field now with race three, significant scratchings there. Fine point on top from Dynamic Impact, Tamerlane and Mautai. Mautai is a fast horse when it's right. It just doesn't seem to be able to uh, re- recreate it race day though. No, no, and who knows, maybe today's the day for it, Ralphie. Small field could just completely uh, get across and do it very easy and just keep extending. And if it gets, you know, three or four off the fence, look out. So that's possible. It also makes it tricky because if it decides to sit up and just want to be part of the whole pack, it could be a very messy race. And I, I almost could say every horse has got a chance. And, and I know you well enough to know that when there's every horse has got a chance in the six-horse field, you won't be punting. 
No, not a chance at all. No. <laughs> nice and simple. All right. Well, race four on the program. Here's an interesting one with uh, Steel City, the favourite over Blanc de Blanc and uh, uh, Tqui Santuza. I'll go with that. That'll do me. But Steel mm. City, Vince, you were expecting to really elevate in the Blue Diamond, got caught at a really fast speed, and then even worse, got caught in severe traffic. So we never got to see what was under the bonnet. What you did want to emphasise, I remember on the Monday, was this early speed was crazy. So the question is, can she back up off that two weeks later? Well, that's the hard part, right? Because realistically, it was a borderline proposition to be considered here, right? But it's hard to make a decision. And, and, and remember, I'm coming – it's one thing just selecting horses and seeing who can win. But when it comes to placing your money, it's very difficult for me to do that when I know when they use so much fuel early – that there's a big chance they're going to run flat, especially two-year-olds. So it's just too risky for me. But could it win this race? Absolutely. And if it can, you know, maybe they go out slow, Ralphie, and they run, you know, seven, eight lengths slower than what Still City ran through the first section last night. And that's how you overcome flatness. But how do I know that? How can I make a judgment call to take that risk? And that's the only challenge. But for a lot of people... They probably don't need to worry about that as much as me. Uh, I only have a finite number of dollars to work with, Ralphie. All right. Well, race five, you're moderate to high confidence. The market's saying there's four chances. Clemenceau's favourite, roundabout mid-twos, low fours, Athelric and Kalino. The horse you wanted to make a case for yesterday was Cannonball. It's got out to $7. I'm not surprised given the uh, the profile it's got, but what you're saying is you do expect this to run very well. I do, Ralphie. And it's look, the question is this. Can this horse turn up and run within a length of last campaign's, campaign's PB? That's the reality, right? If you peel back the two previous first up run, the data's indicating it's a couple of lengths off, being able to do that. Therefore, maybe the price is justified. But if I'm looking at it from a barrier trial point of view, I'm taking a position this horse is already there and only needs to make a small step to get to benchmark or high. That's why I've left it there. Is it a horse that you can go in and, you know, launch as an A-grade bet? No. It's possibly a C-grade bet, right? And that means that's the minimum amount of money that you want to outlay can be considered. And really, I, I genuinely do feel that the two and five are the only two sort of threats to the horse, but you need a positive mounting yard parade and then you've got to make a judgment call. So that's the Thelric and Clemens hours, the other, other two there. Kalino's race fit, but you're saying it's behind the other three, yeah? Yep. Okay. Uh, so what do we do in uh, in race six? I know what you won't be doing because you don't take a dollar fifty since I've worked with you. As far as I know, uh, I'm not there to put my put my uh, eyes into your pocket. But uh, generally speaking, uh, that's not something that you do. But Zoo Gotcha is dominant, and you're saying there's no reason it should lose. No, and I'm a big believer that I know you can go looking for others for value, and sometimes you can clap your hands and say, "Well done," and maybe for a place that's not a a bad consideration. But then remember. As soon as you do that, instead of working with the, you know, this is the the mental mind game of working with three slots, you're only going to work with two because Zoo Gotcha's definitely got one of them. Yep. There's no ifs and buts. So therefore, if you're looking for another runner because this is too short for you, then you've got to bear in mind you've only got two chances, realistically, of filling one of those positions. And who could that be? Well, there's a lot of horses that could fill that. Bronson, Fireburn, Gilter, Silver, even Mad Pomery could all be one of those horses that fill one of those slots. So it's not on your own. It's still a raffle. 
and you have to then try and work out, okay, which is the better ones for them. See, I keep it simple. If I can't back Zugotcha, I don't want to bet. That's just me, right? Yep. But for those taking multis, probably of those you've mentioned, Bronson's uh, one that uh, wouldn't surprise you if it was in the placing. It's about $19 there. No, and you mentioned Madame Pomery yesterday. It's, yep. That could easily run into the place. And, and why can't Fireburn? Okay. Yeah. R- righto. Um, the sky high stakes, been a couple of little scratchings here. So some minor adjustments there, but not up front because you're expecting Knight's Order to lead King Frankel. And uh, and that's the starting point, point of the race. Um, what's your thought, overall thoughts when it comes to uh, a, a business perspective here for race seven, the over 2000? <sighs> uh, here's the thing. I did some, I've been doing some work on the two races, about four or five races in Canberra over the, you know, this is Sunday, Monday, and I was hoping that Zyrek was going to be running in Canberra, and I cannot believe they've scratched it and left it here, which has made it a bit tricky because I just thought it was easy money in Canberra. Yep. Maybe not so easy here, right? It is the runner that I'm sort of sitting back here saying, C grade bet, speculative play. The 14 looks like the runner that I want to consider. Now, am I confident that it can win? No, I'm not confident it can win. I, I, I do feel it's a high probability of a first four finish. King Frankel has to be respected, and I'm not going to forget what Knight's Order did last campaign, and I just can't help but feel this horse is just getting tuned up, and maybe today's not supposed to be its day, but this could be its race. I am extremely surprised about all the support for the 16. So there must be something that I don't know, right, just from a data perspective. Yes, that I don't know. And that could be the reason because in terms of pure data analytics and profiling the sectional breakdown, and I've looked at eight of its runs, I could not have it in a million years. But that doesn't mean that there might have been some issues and this horse has turned a corner that I don't know of. Uh, absolutely. So let's see if the market supports uh, pre, pre-race sustain. The other horse that, of course, you did mention is in your most advantages, Sunshine Rising, that ran yes. very well at Sandown last start. Absol- absolutely, and and deserves to be right at the top of the charts. Righto. So they're, they're the main ones there in the in the uh, seventh, and it's also the first leg of the quaddy. All right, you were arming and ahhing about whether to have Ana Visto on top or hinged. You've ended up uh, sticking with Ana Visto on top. I, I presume you're just going, well, it's going to be the one that they have to run down. It's that simple. I just have to, Ralphie. And it's one of these things, if I, of course, do I like a couple of other runners? I do, but I'm of this view. If I cannot um, back Anna Vista, then I don't want to bet in the race. Not because something else can't beat it. It's just that this horse has all the right remedies other than a situation where it may be overexerted through the first section. Right Now, when I have this type of situation, because obviously an overextension does create a little bit of a problem in terms of it running out the distance properly, but it's going to get lane bias advantage. It's got one of the best tactical upfront riders you can get on the planet. So it's hard for me not to at least say you're worthy of at least a C-grade bet. Am I confident that of the top four or five horses I have on the grid, one of those will win? Yes, for sure. I'm not expecting anything else to win other than what I've got in the MAs. All right, so that's Hinge that we hope in your heart. Espiona, we all did, did a deep dive on those yesterday. Yep. And Mirror Vision's the one at big odds, particularly for multis to consider. And that's why I put Mirror Vision in, is for people, because there is a lot of people that do multis. Yep. And I wanted to make sure, because it's such a great price, don't leave it out because it could easily run a place.
You've ended up going moderate confidence in race nine. We did the deep dive yesterday. What's your overall thoughts race morning? Well, another probably a big frustration for me because Superior was also – this is why I was doing Canberra, Rolfie yeah. – was going there, but it's not going there. It's coming here. <laughs> uh, this is harder, of course, right, but I was quite happy to take the 10 or $12 in Canberra, right? Yep. Uh, and here it's like 10 times – or five times more the price. Interesting. It, it, was 60, it was 60s yesterday, Vince. It's mid-30s now. Yeah, and it shouldn't be, right? Yep. It shouldn't be. this. Even mid-30s is like a huge price. I feel that it's impossible for this horse to ignore. But now, again, it can only be a speculative play. You know, I'm not the, you know, I'm not a crazy science and say, well, I'm just going to launch you with an A-grade bet. So this, you know, stifles my strategy. The one we have at the top of the market is the one that we've got to give great respect to. Ascension, right? yep. Gets all the right traits. Going to track the lead pack. It's profiling in top form. It's just rubber stamped at the trip. Now, Pikey, I, I, of course, he's better in WA, but he, he's he's a he's a talented rider. He he understands Rosie a lot better than what he did when he first went there. So I'm, I'm not going to knock him too much from that perspective. So I'm putting him there as being the serious one. But horses that can't be dismissed, and this is where the challenge comes for me, Waterford. Doesn't profile really well, but could easily elevate Ralphie. We're only looking a hurdle rate of 1.2, right? Yep. And when you've got a horse like Superior and that I've got hard in there, that shows you like what's happening in the race. So Waterford could easily make the elevation. And even number four, uh, Sabak, yeah, yep. you, you can't ignore us. This horse, what happens if Royal Dini, you know, isn't the horse that it used to be and doesn't have the tenacity to want to be just a, you know, leaping front runner? Then maybe a horse like this just goes to the front, controls, even though this might not be its targeted race, all of a sudden becomes a hard horse to run down because of the, the track bias, right? Yep. And this is what throws chaos into the race. So you sit here and say, okay, can you speculate on a horse like number nine? Or do you go like a C grade bet on a proof a proven profile like number seven and see how you end up? All right, well, we round off with a benchmark, which is tough for those who do quaddies, and particularly when you're seeing that you're low, moderate confidence level here. Who, who would who would you have in quaddies? That's probably the best way to ask you for uh, for you know our, our customers today. Okay, well, I'm I'm simple because I'm data driven. Yep. Again, if I go through the racing analytics, our QR profile currently sits uh, somewhere between eighty and ninety percent. Yep. So in other words, 80 to 90% of all runners come from the horses that are highlighted in the QR. And in this particular race, there is seven runners, and that is 1, 2, 7, 4, 9, 3, and 15. There you go, all <laughs> the way down. But yep. That's all it. Right. We'll go, go wide there, but hopefully we've been able to uh, skin it up early for those taking quaddies. Best of luck with your plays today. Really appreciate your support as a customer of Year Round Carnival. Just-